Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird here, and it's just little old me today on the podcast. But I wanted to talk with you about something I'm so excited about. I almost can't believe it. I wrote a book. (laughs) So it's coming out pretty soon and there's some pre-orders available. And this is going to be just a little bit of a romp of me reminiscing about why I wrote this book and giving you the setup because I do hope that you'll purchase it. I do hope that you'll read it and I do hope it will be meaningful to you. The book is called Collaboration is the New Competition, Why the Future of Work Rewards a Cross-Pollinating Hive Mind and How Not to Get Left Behind. You can visit PriscillaMcKinney.com today and take a look at a little more information about the book, what it's about, and also, of course, there's pre-order links for both U.S. orders and global orders. But today, I hope to give you a good grounding and maybe a little inspiration about how our work can be different. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I wrote the book. So the impetus to write the book was really driven by a distinct gap in the business literature landscape that I saw. And for me, a pressing need for a new approach to problem solving. See, traditional business books often present a romanticized linear journey to success, right? The hero all the way from the bottom to the top. But that perspective is really not the reality that most of us have. And there are some great books out there that show you the ups and downs and really more accurately reveal how it feels to actually move through your career. And those really cool books provide important insight about how success in business is not achieved by following a rigid set of rules or steps. It allows for a more organic journey, and that does feel more accurate. I'm not dissing business books, but really, I thought there was something more to be said. And I think it has a little bit to do with my perception that the business world is becoming more complex. And certainly as the CEO of a digital content marketing agency, I know this is true. It is very complicated how to get traction and get heard above the noise. But if the key to thriving in a complex business environment is not formulaic, then it's also not singular, right? But this is constantly the representation we're comfortable with. Like, you go it alone. I mean, in the U.S., we wouldn't have that fantastic White Snake song, Here I Go Again, on my own, if we weren't really comfortable with this idea that we had to go out there and do it alone. Very cowboy style, right? I'm using my finger guns right now. But (laughs) what if there was a different way? And really, what if there were a better way? At Little Bird Marketing, I was moving along in my digital content marketing career, really preaching the benefits of inbound marketing and work with your most ideal client personas in order to create really meaningful content that would repel people who were not ideal and attract people who were ready for your products and services. But out of the blue, I got a call from a company called Greenbook. And they needed a speaker for their Insights Marketing Day. So in 2016, I headed out to New York. And for that one-day event, they were looking to serve their constituency, which were all insights professionals and market researchers, to help them market their market research businesses. And I fell in love with this industry. 
And as a cultural anthropologist, I really got those people. Like I understood where they were coming from. I had done some market research work, some IDIs and things like that in some of my first jobs coming right out of college and internships. And really more than anything, these people are curious. And I love that about them. I, I kind of refer to them as the curious nerds, in my opinion, the best kind of nerds, right? But what I also found curious was that that industry had a serious case of the cobbler's kids who had no shoes. Now, I love them all, so I'm not trying to offend them, but I'll tell you what I mean was when I began to give even a cursory suggestion that they should do some market research and conduct that research on their clients and potential clients, some people gave me this definite no, we're not doing that. And some gave me a serious, we wouldn't spend our money on that. Interesting. <laughs> Let's soak that in for just a minute. The industry whose livelihood is predicated on everyone systematically querying their audience, testing messages for purpose and product market fit and improving outcomes and revenue generation, they were actually, interestingly, quietly, vehemently, opposed to doing it for themselves. And so, voila, I made a career here. But in making that home in market research, largely, I started to talk to people about collaborating for bigger wins. And my message got louder and louder and more defined because I kept seeing opportunities all over the industry for interesting collaborations. And it wasn't just that I felt that collaborations were good, but honestly, I began to perceive that you almost couldn't get ahead without collaborations. See, it's really tough to break into markets and get heard above the noise. So the bad news is you can't go it alone. And the good news is you can't go it alone. <laughs> but my real impetus for writing this book was when one of my boys, a fifth grader, came home and he told me the story that I know you could probably tell yourself as well, because it either happened to you or one of your kids have told you this exact story. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> the teacher assigns a team project, a collaboration. Yay, you're going to work together, right? And so you three, she says, are going to work together on a project. So what happens? You have one kid who's excelling in school, is very supported at home, and enjoys doing his work. One who may be struggling, and then one who just is not trying or does not have what it takes to try in home support or just an understanding of what is going on at school. Now, you might think that's a very unfair generalization, and you might see it also as hyperbole, but I'm telling you this was my actual child's experience. So I'm telling you this story, and it was very true. But then I noticed that this setup does not stop after the fifth grade. And I began to see these opportunities for collaboration in the industry and in work differently. It turns out employers keep doing this too. Hey guys, I'm going to assign the three of you to work together, a team project, a collaboration. Woo! <laughs> And what I realized that when I would talk about collaborations, I was getting resistance from people because at the root of it, what I realized was that people thought they were engaging in collaboration, but they were actually just having kumbaya moments. And that's where people are gathered around a campfire doing a particular task, singing a song, in this case, kumbaya. <laughs> now, I'm a 
big fan of weenies and s'mores, but that does not get work done. And what I needed to start pointing out to people that those moments are not actual collaboration. That is geography. That is a forced working together. That is getting people next to each other doing similar things. That does not equate collaboration. That's what pushed me to write this business book about the reality that we could have our own paths or take people on parts of our journeys together, collaborate with them in small pieces and succeed without ever setting a marshmallow on fire or singing a camp song. Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. The Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite kick-ass market research podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are open now through June 30th, and voting will open from July 1st to August 1st. The winner will be announced at Insights Marketing Day on September 28th. Make your nominations today at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR hyphen podcast hyphen award. Will your favorite Insights podcast make the cut? I was hoping for this ideal where we would have multiple career paths, multiple campaigns, multiple initiatives in marketing and business happening in layers on top of each other that for a time we might draw other people into our journey and work together towards something. And working together in a collaboration for a time does not mean working as a collaboration forever. As a cultural anthropologist, I felt like this got even deeper. I knew it would work because we are at the core of who we are connected and we long for connection and we are wanting to work in social circles that work. And in fact, we do see many successful collaborations at work. And honestly, I look back at my career and I've authored a lot of them. So I know that it is possible. But what people need to know is that it is not a win-lose situation out there when they come together, that there is a way to come together where joint actions can create multiple wins and really sometimes bigger wins for everybody. What I want to do is just give you my framework, my idea about what I found, what really collaboration is, what is true collaboration, what kinds of things need to be in place in order for collaboration to really happen. So in my findings, the framework consists of three things. Number one, you have to have something to lose and something to gain. Everybody involved has to have something to lose and something to gain. Let's take that simple example of the fifth grade science project. The kid who already has an A in class and produces A quality work has nothing to gain and only something to lose. Now, you could argue, hey, Priscilla, the experience of working with others, hearing new ideas, this is something that he could gain. And I'm all for that, but that's not how the reward system is set up in school. Grades are the indicator of success laid out as an actual end product review. If they were to grade people on how they work together, that would be very different than the actual work product. Having to shoulder the majority of the work by yourself and then ending up getting a B because you tried to work with others is kind of cold comfort to the aid student. Now, the C student has something to gain, but not really much to lose. And in fact, they're kind of uniquely poised to be just fine either way, just based on the law of averages. But the failing student has nothing to lose and only upside. 
I come back to my point, in order for collaboration to take place, everyone involved has to have something to lose and something to gain. The second part of my findings of what is needed for collaboration is that the people involved must be willing to show their cards. They must be willing to reveal their agendas. Now, I'm not talking about revealing trade secrets because I do believe that even competitors can come together and collaborate successfully. And I've authored those types of initiatives many times. You have to understand showing your cards and revealing your agenda doesn't have to do with giving up your company's IP, right? In order to reveal agendas, we also have to get okay with wanting something. And I have to tell you, our society often forces this strange politeness that completely derails collaboration. We're often taught to hide our agenda at work, at play, with friends, with family even. Is this resonating with you? But for collaboration to work for multiple wins for multiple people, we have to actually get okay with wanting something. And you would think that in polite society, we could understand this, but it wouldn't translate in business. We all should really be clear with what our goals are and communicate them. When agendas are hidden, collaboration opportunities are really lost. Now, networking is one of the most fundamental business connection points, and I see it over and over again, how much subterfuge is going on during networking. People act like they came to a networking group for, I don't know, the health benefits or something. I don't know about you, but when I go to a business cocktail party, I'm there for business. Now, of course, I'm going to go about it in a way that is very socially acceptable, but I'm also not going to hide my agenda. When we're talking to people in a business setting, we have to get comfortable with asking people what they need, what would be the next logical win for them in their career, in their business, in their sales drive, whatever it is. And we have to get okay with expressing ours. Otherwise, we never can come together and see a possibility for collaboration. So my point number two is that you have to be willing to show your cards and that requires you being okay with expressing that you want something out of a connection. The third thing that is needed for collaboration to be successful is that everyone involved has to have a desire to win, period. A desire to win for yourself and for others. You may think that this should go without saying, but honestly, think about it. You have been involved in so many quote-unquote collaborations with people who were just filling a seat. A very common manifestation of this is a board member who just needed something on their resume, and they have absolutely no intention of doing the work. Anyone here serve on one of those boards? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) But often we are participating in what is supposed to be a collaboration, which in my opinion is not a collaboration, and the other party does not have a strong desire to win. It will never work. If you agree to this framework of those three requirements, you are ready to collaborate and you are ready for this book. But let me just tell you, when you get started, it's not all smooth sailing. (laughs) Now, I'm a sailor. That's my happy place on our sailboat. And I love the adventure. I love the journey. But sometimes storms come up. Sometimes you see them coming from a distance. Other times they are totally out of the blue. But regardless, the seas get rough. And I don't believe that there's a prescribed thing that must be done. But sometimes the wisest thing you can do is to cast an anchor 
in the safest place you can find so that you get a moment to safely chart a new course forward. And so what I offer in my book is seven different anchors you might be able to cast. They're just practical tools that help you navigate sometimes the turbulent waters of the actual problem you're trying to solve and get you back on track for collaboration. Now, just a quick word about anchors. You do not have a situation where it's one size fits all, right? You might have a sandy bottom, a rocky bottom, a muddy bottom. And so there are different anchors for different places around the world. Likewise, each one of the anchors I offer does not help in every situation. Instead, I'm giving you a set of tools. These anchors are those practical tools to say, hey, we need to get back on course. Maybe if I throw this one, we'll find purchase. We'll be able to hold for a minute and we'll be able to get back on course. So I hope that's a great preface to my book. I would love for you to check it out and learn what are these anchors that can help me bring people together successfully, not just to collaborate for the sake of collaboration, but to collaborate for really great wins for exponential success. Please visit PriscillaMcKinney.com, take a look at the book. And of course, we will have a lot of great events coming up as we talk about it and launch it, but so excited to have it coming. And I hope that this is something that will widen your perspective and give you so many more opportunities in the coming months and in the coming years. It's one of those things that hopefully once you see the pattern, you can't unsee it. And that would be my gift to you. From all the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.